Hello, everyone. Welcome back, as always, to this week's episode of Lit AF with me, your host, Sarah Cohan. I am so, so, so excited for today's guest. It is Atara Valentine with To Be Magnetic. He is a neural manifestation coach for the To Be Magnetic brand. And we get into so much good stuff today. Uh, We talk a lot about codependency, um, habit stacking, the shadow of codependency, and really how to take care of yourself so that you're living a more balanced life and like why that's going to save you more time in the long run and not just time with your life, but like time you spend reading emails, literally. (laughs) It's awesome. Um, And of course, as always, before we get into this episode, I'll do my own little check-in and oh my God, this week has just been wild. I am feeling this Libra full moon like nobody's business. Um, So many emotions, so many feelings. I've just been really leaning into the emotion of being lonely. And and I mean, really, really leaning in Um, and just allowing that emotion to exist. I, um, on Saturday night, did not turn the TV on. I did not go (laughs) to Clubhouse to join a meeting and just numb out and forget what's going on inside of my body. I decided to journal and cry it out and just be with it. And notice like all the different thought patterns that were coming up with it, like what it was connected to, the core wounds, the stories. Um, and really just sat with it. So, um, I wouldn't describe it as fun, (laughs) but it was so real. And I had this amazing moment on Sunday morning. Um, I host a, a group here in um, the Bay area, uh, for members of to be magnetic brand, which we talk about a little bit in this podcast episode. And um, I really leaned on those community members and asked for affirmations um, and gratitude for me um, during our meeting. And I've never done that before. And it was so heartwarming. Sometimes we just need to hear from others how we're doing. (laughs) And it was Amazing. Just amazing. So I'm going to use that tool moving forward of when I really, really need it. I'm going to ask someone to give me a compliment or tell me what they love about me and remind me in their own words um, why I'm here on this earth. Because it's, you know, sometimes it's hard to see on my own. Um, And it was such a healing, healing moment. It was amazing truly amazing. So I'm just so grateful um, for that group, for that community. I'm so grateful for my ability to ask for what I need and be vulnerable. And I'm so grateful to accept it as well. It was an interesting process. I noticed myself um, like trying to, because you know, whether we have a set time limit and we were going over the time limit and I was like, ah, I want to make sure that we're in this time limit. And it's like, I can just allow it to be. I don't have to control it. 
Um, and then I wasn't sure if people that didn't know me as well wanted to say anything. So I was like, okay, great. Like trying to cut everyone off before like they felt pressure to say something. So just trying to control the situation and make sure that no one else was feeling uncomfortable, which um, I don't have to do that. I really, really don't. But it was interesting that that's what I was doing. And then afterwards, I was like, oh, is it awkward for everyone to listen to that and like not get their own compliments? And I'm like, again, I don't have to control everything. I don't have to fix it. I can just notice that that is what's coming up for me. So truly, truly, truly a powerful exercise. And I'm just so grateful. Um, And something, a tool that I used a lot this weekend was um, the feelings meditation that I wrote. So if you're interested, um, it's on my website. It's totally free. It's a somatic feelings meditation. And I just, it's, and it's less than 10 minutes. It's like eight minutes long. I do it before I go to bed and I like just pull an emotion up that I've been feeling that day that maybe like, maybe I'm struggling with, or just maybe that I've been feeling a lot. And I just do the meditation and explore where I'm feeling that emotion in my body and explore what it feels like. And then um, previous memories of when that emotion came up. I love, love, love this meditation. So if you're interested, you can visit my website, sarahcohan.com, S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com. And on the menu there, you'll see a button that says free tools. And there you can download the meditation and you can listen to it on your phone, on your computer, whatever you got, it'll download immediately. Um, And there's also, of course, some free Afro Mantra screensavers that um, were created by um, shadow work coach Rachel Besser, human design coach Victoria Jane, and Akashic Records reader Jessica Briggs. Um, And they all put put some love into these screensavers that I got to design, which was so fun. Um, And I'm using one right now. The one that Jess channeled um, says, human love is divine love, and there's no reason to separate the two. And I love, love seeing this on my phone all the time um, because it really, really separates this division between human love and divine love. So I just, I love that. I love love. What can I say? (laughs) So cheesy. So that's also my website under the free tools section. So head over there to check it out. Um, And yeah. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Atara Valentine, welcome to Lit AF. I am just so, so, so excited to have you here. I'm so excited just to get into this because literally the conversation we've just had for the past 10 minutes offline was amazing already. So, yeah. I know. (laughs) I wanted to hit record. I'm like, oh, there's so many good nuggets. I'm like, I can be, I can relax. We're going to capture it. I'm just, I want to honor like the beautiful confluence of the world that has led to this conversation. And when I say that, I'm thinking about how you have just, you are this beautiful force, creative musician. And now you're bringing your work towards a lot of um, personal growth and personal development and just to be able to be on the screen with you having this conversation today is so incredible. So thank you. Thank you. I mean, yeah, I'm so happy yeah. to even get to do any of this. So it's a gift. From, <laughs> it's a gift to me as well. Oh, I love that. Um, so Atara is a neural manifestation coach for Chubby Magnetic, 
And I was hoping that you could just start off the conversation by talking about manifestation and that program and what it's all about. Yeah. So it's interesting because when I signed up for it, I didn't even know it was manifestation. It happened completely by accident through a friend of a friend. And um, I was the worst manifester when I started, right? So essentially, we're manifesting all the time, whether we call it that or not, right? If we're putting an intention out there and trying to call something in, whether it's a relationship, a new job, a new group of friends, that's manifestation, right? We're just setting an intention. We're taking steps right. toward making it th- making it happen. As we're doing that, that thing's also matching us, right? So opportunities come around us. We meet new people, right? When we're open to new experiences, we have new avenues of potential that open up, right? So manifestation is really not that different from just living your life, right? Yeah. But what we're doing in our manifestation process that's so different at To Be Magnetic is Lacey just really packaged something that is so grounded and just undeniably works before we even had Dr. Tara come on and do all of the neuroscience behind everything, Mm. right? And that's why that piece coming in is really the thing now that sets us apart because basically... We're so used to a manifestation, the, you know, think positive and positive things will come. And if you think negative things, that's what you're going to manifest in your life. And it's like, you know, the truth is none of us have that much power. Right? <laughs> wish. I and wish. Like, we have so much. Era- <laughs> yeah, we have so much erratic thoughts. Even when I'm in like my my best, you know, in, in New York, I used to sit on the subway and I'd be like, what would happen if I just like punch that person, person in the face? Right. <laughs> like that thought. Obviously, that's not me thinking that I'm not sitting there angry. Like it's just a random thing that popped in my head. Right. right. So our minds like a very chaotic place. <laughs> sure <right? is. laughs> so thinking that we have that much, you know, <laughs> thinking we have that much control over anything like we're just fooling ourselves but what Lacey was able to do is really look at her personal manifestation process right and shape it into what to be magnetic has come uh turned into right so the whole idea behind it is that we don't manifest based on our conscious thought we manifest based on our subconscious belief system right so we can't have a life or call in a life that we actually don't feel like we deserve, uh, that we're not deserving of, that we don't believe is possible, right? That we haven't seen around us. We tend to create the things that we mm-hmm. are expanded in, right? Like if we grow up in a town and that's the you know socioeconomic uh, position of the town, we tend to model something like that, right? Very rarely if you grow up in like you know, a lower middle class town, you know, are you seeing like seven or eight people you go to school with, like becoming millionaires, right? So that affects our programming, that affects the way that we see the world, how we see ourselves in the world, right? But with this work, we can go in there and change it, essentially. So in the unblocking process, we're going through our childhood, we're um, reprogramming things that are in our belief system that are not fitting with our actual values that we've learned ourselves, right? That don't fit with the direction that we're trying to go in our life so that we can almost rebuild that structure, right? As our working off point um, to call in the things that we want. So we do that. We do it. We have a shadow workshop where you go and you look at all just rejected aspects of self that you may have shame around, right? And People think, you know, shadow work, like, what's in your shadow? It's so dark and scary. And the reality is, like, it can feel like that because these are things we've intentionally not looked at our whole life. But 
a lot of our gifts can be in our shadow, a lot of our best qualities, right? If they weren't nurtured growing up, right? If, if being an individual in your house wasn't something that was valued or sharing your emotions or being vulnerable, right? Then we learned that behavior is bad. And instead, we will be a people pleaser or, you know, we're more valued when we just go with the flow or shrink ourselves. So we're kind of trying to get in there and rebuild all of that stuff so that we can actually rise to the potential that we're trying to get to, to call in Mm. the manifestations that we Mm. want. I love that. I love that because I joined the program to be like, okay, I'm I'm unhappy in my job. I don't own a house. Like there, I don't have kids. Like there were so many things where I'm just like, my life is, but I literally was like, my life is behind. Right. And now I'm going through this work and I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't even know if I want any of that. Like, I don't know if that, like, was that programming that made me want that? I don't know. But it's just been the best, the absolute best personal growth tool, being able to look at shadow and work on my inner child and really go through different areas of my life that needed unblocking, like, money and relationship. It's a truly incredible program. And Tara is an amazing coach with so much good insight. He started actually as someone just going through the program, correct? And then you became a coach recently. Yeah. Yeah, I became a coach, I think, now like a year ago. Wow. Um, I mean, just this year. It's about, in some ways, it feels like it's been like three weeks since COVID started. In some ways, it feels like it's been like 10 years. <laughs> but um, <laughs> totally. Right. But COVID time. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I, I, I kind of accidentally fell into this. I was just in my own process. You know, I studied Kabbalah for 17 years. I always read self-help books. Like, you know, I was like the nine-year-old who was reading Psychology Today, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, read about multiple religions, multiple forms of spirituality and Kabbalah stuck for a long time. But then there was a lot of political issues within the center that made me not want to go there. And so when I found this, it just all made sense to me because I'm such a practical, pragmatic person. And I do believe in something bigger than myself. I don't believe that I have the wherewithal or understanding of how things work to give it a name, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm completely open to suggestion, right? Uh, On that front and understanding, like I'm one part of something much larger. And um, this really just aligned with my values. And I was able Mm -hmm. to really effectively work through it and completely change my life as a result. And now I, I, I'm blessed enough to get to, sorry, my dog sitting on the chair behind me, literally throwing Hi, cutie. up. Um, <laughs> Being cute, throwing up. Adorable. Dogs. Um, but uh, yeah, and it's now I get to help other people do the same. And it's such a gift that came during such, such a dark time with, with, obviously COVID, right? Oh, wow. The timing, the timing is incredible. Well, so I'm curious as a coach working with so many people, you see 50 clients a month, like what's been the biggest, I'm wondering if like how that has affected your own perspective of this work. Like now that you're seeing other people go through it, like what's been the biggest takeaway just from coaching other people and watching other people's process? The thing is, that's really interesting is In particular, I really, the way that I personally approach this process is for people to do as much internal work as possible before they even start really setting their eye on their manifestations. Um, Because listen, that works. You make your list, you put things out there, you start getting tested, you have to pass your tests, but it can be so much harder 
if we're constantly looking outside of ourselves for the thing to let us know who we are, where we are, right, where we are in our process. So I really like people to just kind of take a step back and look at themselves and look at all of the stuff that's happening around them in their life right now and use that as the working off point. Because if we can be a little bit more patient and commit to ourselves a month or two to just really look inside of ourselves, we actually come through those two months much more accelerated than we would if we were just looking for the answers outside of us. So I usually, when I work with people, um, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the people I've worked with in, in the year I've been doing this, I've retained so many people from the beginning that I see monthly. I have some people that, you know, I'll usually do like a minimum of two sessions with, because that's where I can really teach people how to ground themselves and connect with themselves. Um, But it's just been really interesting because the thing that I've learned with everybody is regardless, and listen, I had a lot lot of trauma in my life, physical trauma, emotional trauma, a lot of sexual issues. And, um, you know, sometimes I'll sit with people who had the perfect family, but they were just a little bit too attentive, right? And the way that they see themselves in the world isn't too dissimilar from how I do, right? With the intensity of what my life was. Mm -hmm. And that's what it made me realize is, in a time when things are so divided and everybody's so divisive, if we can actually understand we're all here having an experience, right? And if we can treat each other with the level of decency that we're looking to be treated with, we'd be in a much better place. And that's, and, and especially in our relationship to ourself, right? Because we we don't save any of that for us, right? Our best friends get it, our family gets it, but then we talk to ourselves, it just, horrifically right so that's just the thing that probably the biggest thing that i realize is that like we're all we all have some kind of inner narrative that isn't working for us even if it even if it appears like it is on the outside and i've I've sat across from people who are at the top of their career right who are running huge businesses making tons of money people who have you know are millionaires and it doesn't matter where they are they're they all have the same inner dialogue that they need to work through that's been really interesting wow Wow. I hope that people hear that. <laughs> it's just such a human experience, all of these thoughts and beliefs that we hold. Yeah. It's and so you, human. And you would think that's the thing. And that's not saying like there's so many horrific things going on in the world, right? Um, And there are people who obviously need more affection and more care and more support. And I think we've seen that, especially with all of the racial injustice, right? The whole Me Too movement that started happening before that. And it's amazing that people are getting space to actually be seen and there are people coming and supporting them, right? And we just need more of that because it's all any of us are looking for, right? Yeah. And it's not taking away, you know, lifting a group of people who've been repressed, based on nothing, right? Based on nothing that is important, like that them getting what they deserve and living a life and having access to everything everybody else does, that doesn't take away from anybody, right? Mm -hmm. But we've Mm -hmm. all been raised to believe like, oh, well, if if someone's here, then that means I'm less or, right? And and it's not, life's not a competition. And if we actually could connect with each other and be like, wow, that's not okay. I'm going to use my voice here and elevate these people. If everybody thought like that, then we'd be able to elevate ourselves, right? Yes. We wouldn't Ugh. we wouldn't constantly be playing that game where we're chasing something in order to like then have permission to believe that we're successful or valuable, right? Right. Wow, that's beautiful. I think that's been the biggest 
takeaway for me is just being a valid human being. I was working with um, my shadow coach because I have so much shadow, I needed a separate coach on it. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's it's really special. It's she calls it a dense shadow. It's it's big, but anyway, <laughs> hey shadow. Um, we were were I was you know telling her like the. But we were talking about like the biggest takeaway from this work is that we're all um, we're all valid. We're all valid, no matter who we are, right? And we're all equal. And I just started crying when I told her that because I realized that like I've been saying that, but I never put myself up on that level. Mm-hmm. It's like, but we're all equal. But like, but I'm still down here. Totally. And as soon as I said it out loud, it was just like, oh my god, <laughs> like I need to put myself up there, you know. Yeah. Which can be really hard because there's all these things that we see every day where we're like, well, we don't have this. We don't have this. Or we're not dealing with that type of trauma, so I don't need to put myself in that camp. Right. And the reality of the situation is if you can't be kind to yourself, you can't genuinely be kind to other people. If you can't be supportive of yourself, you can't genuinely be supportive of anybody else, right? It's like because someone outside of you is always going to be something or have something that you are not, right? That's what we're working with here. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, so beautiful. So um, a lot of this program, which I love, is self-coaching or like really trying to pull out your own blind spots. So I'm curious, do you have any advice for someone that is going through this program or maybe even just working on a totally separate program that involves like trying to coach yourself? Yeah, I think there's so many behavioral things that we can do. Um, The first thing I say to everybody is this work doesn't start and finish with the workshop, right? And Mm -hmm. so many people will go through and, you know, they'll say, I did inner child and shadow and unblocked money and unblocked love and unblocked boundaries. Like, where are my manifestations? Right? And it's like, great, you did the workshops, right? Once and you probably didn't really sink into them that much, right? Because it's a little bit of a shock to the nervous system the first time we go through. But that's a piece, right? You also have to expand yourself. You also have to Take action from a place of high self-worth, right? It's not about sitting and waiting here for your manifestation to come through and meet you where you are, right? And it's not about chasing it from a place of low self-worth, trying to force something or force a timeline, right? That That's not appropriate. Like, we can't do that. We have no control over that. It's about actually co- co-creating, right? And meeting it in the middle. And... Mm. So I think when people just go through this work, every single thing that you've ever learned that has been useful is what you should be using, right? Whether that's to be magnetic, whether that comes from religious, uh, you know, ideas, whether that comes from something your parents taught you, right? All valuable information should still hold its value. And it's our job to make sure that we show up the way that we need to with the information that we have. Right. Mm -hmm. And so many people, especially within wellness, I see so much where they're like, okay, well, I'm doing this now. So this thing doesn't work anymore. Right. And they, they hop on the new bandwagon of whatever school Mm. and they completely dismissed everything that they learned from this other place that was effective to them because people can get very obsessive, right? Like, oh, I want to manifest. So now I have to do every single thing that's this. And I have to do, you know, everything that Atar is doing or everything that Lacey's doing, because that's that this is what works. And it's like, this can work and so can something else, right? Mm. <clears throat> and everybody's an individual. So we have to find the formula that works for us. And that can be from a bunch of different places, right? Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. <laughs> and it's usually a combination <laughs> of everything, right? <laughs> I still okay. use Brad Yates <laughs> tapping EFT videos from like 2011. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, listen, I trained I trained in that as well because for me, like when I'm working with people, right? I'm trained in that. I'm trained as a hypnotherapist, right? I'm a musician. I have all of these tools. I studied Kabbalah for all this time. I was raised Catholic when I was mm. growing up and I have so many tools and I use the ones that work for me, right? Like visualization is a huge thing for me. That's where I spend a lot of my time and attention when I'm outside of this work because I just think it's so effective. Um, yeah, you just got to find what works for you and hold on to it, right? And when I was in my yeah. lowest point, really trying to grow and up level, I was doing everything you could imagine. I was doing, <laughs> you know, Joe Dispenza for 45 minutes a day, and then a Marissa Peer meditation, <laughs> and then to be magnetic on top of that, and then a mindfulness meditation, because like, I wasn't working. So I was like, I may as well just like, really, I, it was almost like boot camp, right? Like spiritual or wellness <laughs> boot camp. And, and I love all of those modalities, you know? Mm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm just imagining you like being like, okay, 10 to 11, we're going to do Joe Dispenza. <laughs> oh, totally. Because that's, that's also who I am. I am such a, like a habitual person and I love mm. making a new habit and I love reshaping myself and redefining myself, especially being a reflector in human design. It's like so part mm. of my nature to constantly like be something different, right. And mm. learn something different. Mm. That sounds so fun. I love that. It's amazing. So <clears throat> I'm sure you get this question a lot. I'm just going to start by saying that. <laughs> but um, do you have any recommendations for someone that is like going through this work and they've got this manifestation in their mind and they're getting expanders and they're dipping their toe into the actual manifestation, but just like the whole thing isn't coming through? Yeah, I would say uh, like book a session with me um, or one of the other coaches um, because we're really good at seeing where people's limiting beliefs are mm -hmm. and seeing where their blocks are and helping um, create a plan or a roadmap to help them work through it, right? Mm -hmm. So if that's not accessible to you, um, obviously, like we were talking about, the magnetic meetups, right? Having a support system of people who understand the language that you're using, of people who, who are in their own process, who are learning from each other, right? That's such a great way to do this because any kind of wellness, anything can turn into a negative thing so quickly because we we have this desire to change, right? Mm. And we're putting a lot of energy and effort into it. And as soon as we think we're doing something wrong, we then ruminate on that, like, oh, this isn't working because I'm doing this or I'm, I'm being distracted, right? Like every single person who's ever sat to try and meditate in their life, right? Does, yes. does anyone sit and they meditate for an hour and they're like, wow, that was such a life-changing experience. I feel enlightened. Like, of course not. Everyone sits there and they're like, oh, the fucking dog's barking next door. And this, and like, can my neighbor shut up? And, and this isn't, I, I'm never going to be able to do this. I can't change, right? And then we go down this whole rabbit hole um, where the thing that we're trying to do to make ourselves feel good is actually making us feel horrible, right? Mm -hmm. So having a support system and having somebody that you trust to help guide you is so important in this process because when we're left to our own devices, right, our nervous system, our brain, it's just trying to take the path of least resistance. So when we go to change, even if it's for something positive, mm -hmm. right, our subconscious mind associates anything that is unknown as pain. Doesn't matter that it's on the road to success, right? It's unfamiliar. So we have to learn how to make it familiar because what tends to happen is we kick into fight flight, right? And then our subconscious starts trying to find solutions in the quickest, quickest way possible, right? And so for a lot of people during COVID, that became 
drinking, right? Because mm-hmm. drinking, they have a drink, it relaxes, puts you in, in an alpha state. So your brain starts obviously associating that with relaxation. So, oh, if I just have a drink, you know, and then all of a sudden, like so much of the population is like drinking every single day over this past year, right? So, and obviously that's not a healthy thing to be doing, but our subconscious isn't like, oh, is this healthy or unhealthy? Our subconscious or you know, our brain is like, oh no, they're they're in a, in a state, they're, they're in fight flight. Like, what do I do to bring them back to homeostasis? Oh, this thing works for me right? Mm. For other people, that's comfort eating. For other people, that's people pleasing or becoming everybody's therapist that you know, so that you get a second to kind of unplug from yourself and then you go back to homeostasis and then we stay the same as a result. So um, yeah, (laughs) that would be my advice. Have people around you that you could speak with and hold yourself accountable. Book with a coach if you need to, like you have a shadow coach, right? Specifically, because you know, that's an issue for you. yeah, just set yourself up for success because once we get lost in our head and we start following that narrative, like we've lost. I love that. I love that. And before before we hit record, Atara and I were talking about magnetic meetups here in San Francisco, which is a community based around the Tubune Magnetic Program. And um, many of the members are part of, you know, Codependent Anonymous and Alcohol Anonymous and um, Mm-hmm. Um, Sex and Love Anonymous. There's so many anonymous sisters programs <laughs> for <Yeah>. everyone. <laughs> I think for this very reason, and um, having that we we weekly and like having that group support is incredible. Mm-hmm. And it's not just them like coaching us through or like everyone coaching me through a blind spot, but it's also just having the power of community and support and um, consistency and, you know, knowing that other people are going through it. It's really incredible. Highly yeah, and exposing things that you'd normally hold on to and have shame around and yes. not only exposing them, but also hearing, oh, everybody else feels exactly the same, right? so humanizing. And and that's it. But that's what we're saying with all of this, right? If we Mm. allow ourselves, and and this is probably the biggest thing I work through with people because listen, as a a recovering codependent where all of my value came from what I was able to do for other people, right? And then Mm -hmm. seeing their reaction to it then made me believe, okay, well, I'm a good person now or, oh, okay, so I, I am lovable, right? Or I'm attractive because my partner thinks so. And right. Um, when we think like that, it's so limiting and we kind of hold ourselves hostage. And when we are in a situation where we can have such open, vulnerable communication with people, it's so empowering and there's so much strength in that. And then you realize like, if we could all just show up honestly, how much better would all of our lives be, right? And obviously we could do that on a micro level with ourselves and with uh, with the people we keep around us. But um, but that's the goal, you know, cause everybody has mm. their social mask that they put on to try and come across the way that they think they need to in order to be accepted. And when we do that, we're not really allowing people to connect with our spirit and who we actually are. We're only allowing them to see a projection of who we are. Right. And that's incredibly lonely. Right. Yeah. Yes. It's so lonely and it's not our full selves. It's just. There's so there's such a wide spectrum that we could all open ourselves to, which is really why I found shadow work just incredible because <laughs> it opens up that other side of allowing me to be perceived as selfish or loud or um, I have a whole map of my shadow that I could share. But <laughs> then that means that I get to lean into that spectrum and then the opposite of that spectrum is available to me. Mm-hmm. Totally. Because listen, yeah. this is the reality when people, especially someone like me, right? 
I did all of this stuff for people my whole life because it made me feel like I had value. Hmm. If somebody would tell me I was selfish, I'd be like, oh my God, I do all this stuff for them. How dare they do that and this and this. But it's like, this is the reality of the situation, right? When we're the person who's showing up from a codependent mindset, we are selfish because we're actually using all of the people around us create to create opportunities for ourselves to feel good, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's what that's what that is, and that is selfish, right? So when we actually learn, oh no, I am selfish, but I'm also completely empathetic and loving. Then we can actually have a healthy relationship with both of those things mm-hmm. and set a boundary, meet somewhere in the middle, right? Have these things in balance so we can just show up as who we are, right? Not, oh, I really don't want people to think I'm selfish, so I'm going to do everything for everybody. And then as soon as you don't get the reaction that you're anticipating, right? Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden you're like, oh, that person's so selfish or this, and then you project it, but it's you because that person didn't ask these things from you, right? It was me. It was me my whole life. Yeah, (laughs) literally. (laughs) Oh, thank you for like (laughs) diagramming the codependent relationship. It's been, it's now my life's work to do the undoing of that. And I recently discovered that the opposite of the, the giving, um, constantly predicting and tuning to everyone is resentment, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. a fat amount of resentment because no one is ever going to be attuned to me and my needs in the same way that I was ever attuned to anyone else for good reason. Well, you're not even allowing them to be. That's the thing. Right. You right. just showing up acting like you're everybody in your life's personal assistant, they're not actually getting to access any piece of you, right? We are using mm-hmm. every single person around us because we need a specific outcome from them to feel a certain way about ourselves, right? And then when we're doing that, what ends up happening is when we do actually need something from somebody, nobody's there for us because we never taught them how to be there mm. for us. We never actually let them in. We were just, and that's not saying what we're doing is not of value because obviously it is, right? And like, we're really giving, there is a piece of us that's giving in a pure way. But when you were constantly giving so that we in turn get a reward, does anyone know who we actually are? Or are we just someone who like does mm. stuff in order to feel good about mm. themselves, right? Exactly. Exactly. It's so funny. I feel like I'm getting a healing right now because I grew up like const- like a people pleaser, middle child, all of that stuff. And, um, you know, abusive father, codependent mom, just trying to make everyone happy at all times. And mm. my sisters all the time growing up would be like, you're so fake. My whole family was just like, you're so fake. And I'm like, well, no wonder. <laughs> like. <laughs> Looking back, I'm like, because I was just, I was just trying to fulfill this very codependent role. And so now I'm like opening up and becoming that like very solid, authentic Sarah. And it's just the coolest process, but it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. It's like, you're so fake. It's, well, that's how you were taught to show up. Thank you. Right. Somebody taught you that a baby doesn't come out and be like, you know what I'm going to be? I'm going to be real fake. Yeah. That's going to get me love. Right. <laughs> like that's not right. Baby comes out, they're crying, they're screaming. Right. Babies like t- completely in their worth. Like, okay, I'm hungry. I'm going to scream. You're going to satisfy that. Right. Yeah. We learn to not be those things. Right. And right. so when we start being rejected, right. With shadow work, when we start being rejected for who we are, we then learn that's not good enough. So then we try and use our resources by looking around to see what's effective, right? And obviously, 
you know, if we have a sibling who's already the achiever, we're not going to take that route. If we have someone who's already rebellious, we're not going to take that route, right? We're going to take the route of like, oh, well, I'm going to help people then, right? Which is Mm -hmm. what I did in my house also. You know, my little brother was more of like the mascot who everything, he had, everything was humorous and he was so funny, right? My sister was more of the academic and I was the kind of like rebellious black sheep, right? And which Mm. the black sheep actually is the person who, carries most of the shadow for the family unit, right? Mm. So when you look at that, crazy, right? And But mm. when you start looking at those things, and if you're someone who feels like you're the black sheep, you can pretty much go and see what everybody else's shadow around you is. So that's the gift in it and understanding how to integrate that and then be able to take the charge away from your energy, right? Or, mm-hmm. or from the, the emotional response that you have to those things because it was never yours you just carried it for everybody because that's what you thought your job was Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and letting it go is the hardest and most rewarding thing ever yeah Yeah. wow i love the and there's a grieving process to it also yeah oh my god and and that's what people don't realize like I'm in a major up level right now. So is my husband. I'm completely exhausted. I'm so grateful for my life. Right. But you know, I cried three times yesterday and Mm. not about anything in particular, right. I'm not working through anything. I'm just kind of shedding layers. There are certain things that I notice, you know, cause in the, I, I'm well past the point where when we first start doing this work, sometimes you have to reevaluate friendships. Sometimes you have to start setting different boundaries with family members or people at work. Right. So I already went through that. That's very hard. Now it's when you start stepping into your full potential, there's an excitement around it, but it's also scary because we don't have that control anymore because we're outside of our comfort zone, right? So you're met with all of this physical, emotional, and mental resistance in the process, and it's incredibly exhausting. So, you know, that's when people tend to start numbing behavior, right? So Mm -hmm. that they go back to homeostasis, right? Or they start using all of their coping mechanisms to ground themselves um, because it's just unfamiliar. So this is the kind of time when we're in a transition like this, that we should be really focused on feeling what we need to feel and allowing those feelings to vent instead of having the extra glass of wine or obsessively shopping or doing things that take away from it because we need to feel and we need to sleep because we just need to show up for our body because our body's learning who we're becoming, right? Mm. And it's not an autopilot anymore and controlling all of our behavior. Mm. Wow. That is so spot on. So spot on. So having been doing this for so many years and past like past the workshops because I feel like the or not past workshop but like I feel like the workshops are very specific of like module like things to work on and I'm oh, I'm almost hearing yeah. that you're like in this daily practice I'm curious like now I'm to the point where I'm like feeling my feelings and just allowing them to be mm-hmm. I'm so curious like how does that show up How does that show up and process in your daily life now? Yeah, so it's interesting because I don't really think about any of this anymore. Wow. Um, I started as somebody who was so uh, like type A, tried to control everything, Mm. every outcome. This is the path. This is the first step, the second step, the third step. There's no other option, right? (laughs) And and that, you know, that, that gives us a certain level of protection because then we feel like we're you know, the masters of our destiny, but it actually doesn't work. And if we don't have the the belief system or the tools to create something 
different, right, then we're not going to change. And obviously, if we're trying to mm. completely shift our lives, we haven't learned those tools yet. So we have to be open to the idea that we don't know everything, right? And let go of that control. And that's mm. really what trust is in the process, right? It's not about like completely just surrendering and not doing anything. It's about trusting your intuition as it comes up. Okay, this is what I would do before. This is what I feel like I want to do, but it feels really scary. Okay, well, how can I start doing that in a micro way, right? And so that's how I kind of assess every feeling that comes mm. up now. Um, I don't, I honestly, I don't even get triggered that much by people anymore, which really pisses my husband off. But, um, <laughs> but why is that? <laughs> he's like, because he's like, I just don't have anything anymore that I could like push your buttons. And I was like, well, like, <laughs> great. But because like, you know, <laughs> because for years, we like, did I would it. always take the bait. And now it's like, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I don't do that anymore. Like, this is your thing. So you can go do a DI around it. Right. <laughs> oh my god but, that is um, hilarious yeah so I'm just very gentle with myself and I don't let anything that pops up in my mind get in the way of how I show up so you know I I used to get so much of my value on everything I did who I was for other people so I would be mm. really regimented with my scheduling like and I'd have to complete every single thing that I set out for the day or I failed or I didn't do enough and now I'm just much more intuitive about that and I'm still incredibly productive so I want to stress that because I think people think mm. like when you approach things with ease it's like you either go from being rigid or like just this airy fairy spirit who doesn't get anything done in their life <laughs> and the reality is i am i'm both of those things right i'm still very structured um but i approach everything i do with a level of ease right i don't allow myself to mm. work up to build up emotion or negativity around things and as soon as i i do that i'll kind of check myself and say okay what is the positive intention under this really negative thing that keeps popping up in my head? Because it's always our, our mind trying mm -hmm. to keep us safe, right? So if we can be like, oh, well, you're going to fail, right? Which is a big one for so many of us. Okay, what is the positive intention underneath this? I'm not going to be successful. Okay, why is it coming up that I'm not going to be successful? I don't feel like I've prepared enough for this. Okay, so what mm -hmm. can I do to put a little more time and energy so I feel more secure, right? And then I'll make really actionable steps off of that. And like, that's really the way that I work with people around their limiting beliefs is taking the thing that seems very macro and abstract and grounding it and taking the reality of, you know, like people will say, nobody likes me at work. And it's like, nobody not one person. Well, not nobody, <laughs> right? Like just that, like these two people, like they just always talk about me. They always talk about you. That's how, that's how they spend their time on the clock. Well, no, no, no. But like this one time they did this thing and right. Okay. So these two people at work one time said something, right? So, and it's like, because we build these narratives in our head, we distort, generalize and delete information to fit our subconscious belief system. So we understand where our place is in the world and in our life, right? And so much of it is just really bad programming that needs to be fixed, right? <laughs> <laughs> let's get that old programming out. Let's put some new yeah. stuff in. Oh, yes. It's so, so true. I love hearing that example because it's, 
so true how we think in absolutes. And it, I don't even think it's our brains. I Yes, it's our brains. And I love honoring and really understanding where that's coming from. But it's almost like our culture now. It's very like, <laughs> like <laughs> everything is the best or everything is the worst. Like it's yeah. just extremes and there's got to yeah, be like- some middle ground. <laughs> Related to that, I'm curious because earlier you were talking about um, – visualizations and how visualizations have really been helpful for you in your practice. And obviously, you know, we're all so different and and honoring that is so important has really helped me like realize that EFT tapping and yoga nidra is my form of meditation being embodied. Like that is my jam, right? I'm a dancer. Mm -hmm. Like that is, that is what works for me. So I really want to hear about visualizations and how you're adopting these for your work. Yes. So the thing is, that's really interesting is I'm just from the mind space. Like if people are going to sit and do something that's ineffective every day, like a gratitude list, sorry if everyone mm-hmm. wants to come for me, right? Let's be real. You're not great. They're coming at you right now. <laughs> right, right. Let's be They're real. Coming like, with their forks and their knives. <laughs> yes. Your average cup of coffee that you made yourself in your kitchen is not, you're not grateful for that, right? And but right, people are like, I'm grateful for my morning coffee. I'm grateful for this. It's like, yeah, but not really, right? <laughs> but you are sitting <laughs> for 10 minutes a day doing this. So what if we could find something that's more effective to do with that time that actually will mm. change things and help rewire your brain, right? So that's the whole idea behind this is how can we in short spurts allow people to commit to a practice that they can sustain that they're actually going to see real results behind right and it's nice having that moment and i'm not i'm not taking away from the fact that it's grounding right that it maybe pulls you out of a negative mindset but we could do better in that same amount of time mm. agreed that's amazing yeah i mean the thing is the reality of the situ- of just the situation in general there are so many tests on visualization there are so many just theories everyone's heard the story about the person who ran the five minute mile right like that's every single neuroscientist or every single person who works in neuroplasticity tells a story where up to a certain degree nobody could run a mile within that a certain amount of time and then once one person broke it all of these other people were able to do it. And now it's like not a big deal at all. Like a, a, a huge part of the population can run the mile within that time, right? And it's because mm. once they saw it, their brain understands that that's reality and that can happen, right? There are also tests with people who never played the piano before. Half of the group went and actually trained with the piano. Half of the group didn't. They just sat and they visualized, right? And learned the piano through visualization. And they sat and they effectively could mm. play the piano when they sat in front of it. The same thing happened with people even more extreme, people who building muscle mass, who never even lifted a weight, who through visualization increased their muscle mass, right? Wow. So all of these studies are out there and that's such an easy thing to do, right? So that's part of it. Some of it is cognitive as well. Obviously, like I always push people for um, to do a hypnotherapy session because it's a really great way to get the information in your head um, in just a really accelerated process. Um, and of course, even with hypnosis, it's not you have one session and then you're, you know, relieved from whatever is going on in your life, right? It's it's accumulative like anything else, but um, it's a really great way to take advantage of 
shaping a reality that you want for yourself instead of letting all this information constantly come in through the television and through your friends' limiting beliefs and your family's limiting beliefs because that's what so many of us tend to be reinforcing on the daily. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. And it's cool to hear that they're going to be like morning and evening practices because I found that to be just the biggest game changer. Like I used to um, during the middle of the day be like, I need to do a DI right now. Otherwise I'm like not going to be able to function, which was amazing. And I'm, I mean, like so glad that I was able to have that time. But then after a while it was like, okay, I can, you know, I'll know that I'll be able to deal with this at nighttime or I can take five minutes and like really do, you know, a meditation or a journal practice on this right now. But I don't need to like commit to like a full like hour long session of like sinking into this. So I love to hear that it's like geared towards that. It sounds like even just like a a tip on that front, like when you are doing that work, I know a lot of your listeners are to be magnetic people. um, A really good tip that I can give you because a lot of times when people are doing Mm. the daily practice within to be magnetic, they fall off because they think everything has to be an hour long and it's just not the truth. Right. And we tend to make things more complicated than they need to be because then we could rationalize why we don't have to do them all the time, right? And if you actually are really quick about your Mm. journaling, it's what – it's almost like speed writing, right? Where if we just sit and we answer and we're not thinking, we're actually bypassing the critical area of our mind and we're getting a direct line to our subconscious, right? And handwriting is an idiomotor response. So essentially – it's not your fingers moving are, you know, creating a thought. It's that mm-hmm. we're, our mind is creating a thought and then our hand is moving almost in a reflexive way, right? Like we're not thinking about the turn of the G and this, like we're just doing it, right? So if we can actually just sit and write, answer the questions like mm-hmm. that and not overthink things, it's a really good way to get the most out of the um, cognitive part of that work. And then when we go into the DI, our subconscious is already started to kick in, right? Instead of trying to intellectually go through the journal prompts and, well, is that really where it came from? Or is it this? Because that's, (laughs) that's conscious, right? That's, that's not what we want. (laughs) Right. And it's so, it loves to just be in charge. My little conscious brain is like, we're the smart ones here. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the thing. And it is to some degree, right? Like I would argue that who you actually are when you have those hits, like especially those hits of intuition, right? Or when you get that really strong belief here and that knowing, that is actually you, right? Mm-hmm. And it is worth paying attention to. However, your subconscious, right? Your subconscious belief system can have a very different idea of who you are. And that wasn't shaped by us. That was shaped by our families, right? Our friends, our teachers growing up, because we're basically just in high suggestibility throughout our whole childhood, right? Like our our brain waves through our childhood, right? We start in gamma and then we go into theta, which is obviously what we're accessing through hypnosis, through meditation. And then we go to alpha and then we go into beta, right? But that zero to seven is so crucial because we spend so much of that in theta brain waves. So we're just pure suggestibility, mm-hmm. right? And it's not until we're eight or nine years old that we can actually critically think and start operating out of our conscious mind and take contrasting thoughts and opinions and understand how we show up and what we think about those things, right? So, yeah. So it's just so interesting Amazing. because it is this battle between consciously what you think you want and then what your subconscious is telling you is actually possible. 
Mm. And knowing when, yeah, hearing it, honoring it, <laughs> knowing when mm-hmm. it's like the right thing to do. Ooh, every decision yeah. is such a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> How do I even get out of this house every day? Sometimes I don't get out of the house every day. That's the answer. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, sometimes I'm so tired and between every single session that I do, I'll sleep. Like I'll take four naps in a day and I'm completely shameless about it because I used to really run myself into the ground. Again, the people pleasing thing. Well, I have to do this and I want to do more and I want to see more clients. And I'm like, I'm so good with where I am right now. Right. And Mm. if I'm tired, I deserve to sleep. Right. If I want to sit and watch The Real Housewives five episodes in a row, I deserve to do that as well. Right. And that's also a part of my. Yeah. (laughs) And that's also a part of my practice. Right. In building my Mm self-worth and honoring myself. Mm. That's so beautiful. I'm so glad to hear that. Four naps a day. Let's do it. That is the thing. That's the sauce right there. I love it. Do less. That's like my motto every day. Do less. Be. Just be. It feels so good. Well, because the reality is we we even associate doing less with having the television on while our laptops on our lap while we're scrolling through our phone and we <laughs> right and we think <laughs> we think we're just kind of emptying out, but what we're doing is we're just continuing to overstimulate our mind and we're throwing ourselves into a state of hypnosis, yeah. right? And that's why when we get to mm. that place, all of our patience goes, right? Anything that we've been working on goes out the window because we can't operate from that space anymore. We're completely just operating from our subconscious mm. at that time, right? And that's why all of this stuff happens, especially through COVID because we're so overwhelmed, right? Like even on my phone, sometimes at one point in COVID, I got a, a message for my weekly screen time and it was like, and listen, I read a lot too, like for a few hours a day on my phone, Um but it was like, your screen time is down to seven hours a day. And I was like, how is that even possible? I'm like coaching for four hours, right? <laughs> I was doing a three-hour program for my hypnotherapy course a day. Like, how am I on my phone seven hours a day on top of that, right? And I was just so burnt out. Wow. And then you start looking for, oh, well, the, you know what is really going to make me feel good? These animal crackers, right? Like the thing from your childhood or, oh, I need or some sugar. I deserve cake. I've been working so hard, right? And instead, it's like, no, I actually need to turn off all of my devices, mm. have no external stimulation whatsoever, either do a meditation where I'm just emptying out or take a nap and just give my mind literally even 10 minutes where it does not have to process anything right Mm. and we don't Mm. afford ourselves that luxury enough and the reality is like you know I had a client who is like oh I can't do that I I have to eat while I'm working and you know um I have no time for breaks and I was like great so when you're reading these things over how many times do you have to reread the same thing and she's like sometimes like five times and I was like exactly versus if you put yourself and you gave yourself a 15 minute break every two hours to just go sit outside and do nothing. How many times is it going to take you to read that paragraph after that? And she's like, once. Just one time. And I was like, same amount of time, right? Mm. Just you're working smarter, right? Mm. So, but these are the things that we tell ourselves and fool ourselves so that we feel like we're being productive. And there's such like, you know, they talk about, you know, Donald Trump talked about the campaign against Christmas. (laughs) which is just bullshit. But we have like this campaign about actually having a balanced life. Like it's the worst thing you could do. Like you have to work yourself into the ground. You can't take naps. You can't relax. Right. 
but like it's okay to sit and scroll through your phone for five hours a day. <laughs> it doesn't it just doesn't Crazy. quite add up, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. Like God forbid you stop working to make yourself a, a nice like salad or like a piece of chicken <laughs> with some vegetables. Like if you do that, like you're not working hard enough. But if you on and off scroll through your phone for five hours throughout your eight hour work day, you're you're doing a good job. You're doing you're working. Keep, you're sitting keep at, at it. Your desk, right. <laughs> Doing great. Keep at it. How do you feel? Yeah. My thing that I've noticed (laughs) recently is um, I hate wasting time. And that's part of this contribution being significant, like being significant through my being validated through my contribution. And I notice that when I'm in the kitchen and I'm cooking, and I I I just cook for myself and I'll try to do it as fast as possible. Like cut those vegetables so fast and like get everything done and then like sit down and eat. And I'm like, why am I going so fast? Why, like, why do I need Mm -hmm. to rush through this? Why am I moving so quickly to the next thing? And it's like, I'm still stuck in that mindset of like validation, my, or like my, I have to contribute, contribute, contribute next, 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 get to the phone, scroll more, you know? And it's like taking those moments and trying to like really appreciate the fact that I'm like shredding ginger (laughs) is my new practice. Yeah. Totally. Listen, I, I'm such a big proponent of mindfulness. My neighbor who lives next door to me, we always geek out because she teaches mindfulness at UCLA. I'm a manifestation coach for like the most LA. Like, oh my God, I love that. You could possibly imagine here. Um, but yeah, the thing is like actually wasting time is never being present in your life. It doesn't matter how much you're mm. doing. If, you're, if you don't feel emotionally connected to it, if you're not even experiencing what you're doing, you're wasting time. Right. So if you can actually be, and this is like probably the most woo woo thing that's ever come out of my mouth, but it's the way that I feel. If you can actually sit there and feel the ginger and smell the ginger and just be in your body and be living that moment, that's not wasting time. That's Mm. actually fully appreciating time. I agree. That's so beautiful. I don't think that's woo at all. That's like, that's like, that's the stuff. That's, that's it. Yeah. That's it. But we're never going to see a commercial about that. So, <laughs> no, definitely not. You're going to see a commercial like, why even bother with ginger? Buy this dehydrated ginger powder. Right. It's like, <laughs> we've digested it for you. You don't have to do any of the work. Yeah. <laughs> totally. like, what? Eating? Do you really need to eat? You could be sitting at your desk for that hour, you know, being <laughs> yeah, productively unproductive. Yeah, exactly. Not being able to read one paragraph. (laughs) Whoever that is, we're not picking on you. I do the same exact thing, just for the record. (laughs) Listen, well, I that's what that's what I was laughing at because that was me. You know, I'd be working on music, and the thing that I've been doing my whole entire life for some reason I had the least amount of ease in, and Mm. I would I would like pin myself down can't leave the room till this is perfect where I'm like literally changing one thing like 400 times. I'm not even making it better or worse. Right. It's like, I'm just changing it for the sake of changing it. Sitting like with my legs crossed, sitting on my legs, on my chair, needing to pee for four hours. You know, it's like Mm. not eating. And you know, it's like, that's what we're told we're supposed to be in order to like get anywhere in our life. And it's so funny because I just approach everything with so much ease now. And as soon as I feel frustrated, I'm like, nope, not doing this right now. Time to go for a walk. (laughs) Right. Bye. Like this does not, 
make the best results for me, right? In anything that I do, whether it's a mm. conversation, whether I'm having a conversation with my husband and we're disagreeing on something, like if it can't be productive in the way that I actually value productivity, which is me being able to communicate and be present in the moment, I have no interest in doing it. Mm. Mm. I love that. I love that so, so, so much. I love that. And I, I don't think it's coming from this place of privilege. I want to like... I, when I would hear that before I started doing this work, I'd be like, oh, like I'll just never get there because you have figured so much out. And it's like, I think everyone can access that. You, like every single one of us can access that right now. Mm -hmm. And listen, be real, be realistic, be reasonable about it. Like part of the big problem and one of the things that I really work with people on is the fact that we magnify things to such a degree that there's no way that we're going to be able to do it. Right. So when I work with people, because um, one of the things with hypnotherapy I'm going to I'm going to work on, I'm just doing the advanced certification is weight loss because weight is such an emotional thing. Right. Mm. It's it's not always just this physiological thing. That's why even so many people that last 10 pounds, that last 10 pounds, that's emotion. Right. That's not mm -hmm. because you're not starving yourself enough, right? Because that's what people start doing. I'm going to, well, you know what? I know how I'm going to do this. I'm going to work out for two hours a day and eat 700 calories. And it's like, great. How are you going to sustain that? Because that's not going to work, right? Mm. But the mm -hmm. way to sustain that is to actually be kind to yourself, be patient, allow yourself mm -hmm. to make small changes because so one thing I always say, a 5% change is better than a 0% change, right? So if you're someone like a New Year's resolution, like, well, I'm going to eat a keto diet and I'm going to work out seven days a week and I'm going to do my meditation, my spiritual practice, and I'm going to eat, you know, only whole foods, nothing from a can ever again and nothing from the, it's like, how did your day just turn into like a 95 hour day instead of 24 hours, right? Like that is not going to happen. Like when are you going to rest? So when I work with people, especially yeah. with weight loss, they'll be like, I really want a, a workout routine. And I was like, great. I want you for two minutes a day to stand on your treadmill. That's it. Decide what time of day are you doing this? How many days a week, right? For two minutes, you're going to stand there after you have your breakfast, right? Habit stacking. Your breakfast is your reminder. Then you're going to stand on your treadmill for two minutes. And then when your timer goes off, you're going to reward yourself and say, you put yourself first today, or you prioritized your health. And they're like, mm. like, what the fuck is this? Right? And I'm like, that's what you're going to do. I want you to do, <laughs> do that. <laughs> right? I want you to do that for a week. Right? And then the next week, they'll be like, okay, I did this every day. Like, can I turn the treadmill on yet? I'm like, no, now you're going to stand there for five minutes. Right. And then they come back and they're like, <laughs> oh my God, can I please turn the treadmill? Right. And then they actually want to do it. Right. That's what's happening. That's how you build mm. strong habits. Right. You want to start working out. You want to start eating healthier. Great. Eat a healthier lunch because if you eat a healthy breakfast, lunch, you start eating cashews, raw cashews as your snack when you've been eating like fruit roll-ups and like bars of chocolate, like you're not going to sustain that, right? Like your body's not used to it. Yeah. You're not used to it. It's not who you are. You're trying to force something. So like, let's just reel it in, change a meal right? Ugh. Start creating a small habit. We can work on the production of it later. We can extend the time. We can, ex we can put more energy into it, but let's work on like carving things out in a manageable way so that we can hold on to them and that's who we can become, right? Ugh. 
I love that. Anyone is lucky to work with you. Let me just say that right now. Oh, thank you. Yes. I love that. It's such a it's just a realistic and totally counter like you would think it's counterintuitive and it's just probably the most successful way to do it. That's so cool. Well, because what do we do? We burn ourselves out. Okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go for a two mile hike every day. Then I'm going to run at night. I'm going to, you know, even though I've been eating like a loaf of bread in two days and like cereal for breakfast, I'm no longer having carbohydrates and gluten. I'm only having green vegetables. And and it's like, yeah, you're going to feel like cool for a second. You're going to feel like you're changing <laughs> yeah. your life, right? You're going to lose like maybe three pounds in that first week. And then week two, you're going to get sick, right? Because you're actually not mm. taking care of yourself or you're going to be so exhausted that you're like, oh, I just can't do this today. And then all of a sudden that we're burnt out. What do we do? We reach for the comfort food that always grounded us before and then you're right back Mm -hmm. to where you started and you're like diets don't work for me right it's Mm -hmm. like well stop putting yourself on a diet Mm -hmm. right what what's what's the big deal like why does it all have to happen now why does your 20 pounds have to be lost in three days Mm -hmm. right would you rather change your life and then slowly be able to show up as the person that you are the more that you're changing yourself internally right because that's what happens the more we believe it here in our mind the more physically we start showing up as that right and even with me you know I had blue hair for a really long time and my hair was purple before that for like six or seven years because when I turned 30 all these people were like well what about this and do you have kids and you should be this in your career and your relationship and so for me I did it at one time because it was just this like F you to the world. But it's interesting because then I started doing all of this work, right? And I always focused on, oh, well, this was just a little tighter, or I feel like I look tired, or I feel like this. And I'd look for external things. And I'm like, of course I look tired. I don't sleep, right? Mm -hmm. And of course my body doesn't look the way I want to because I'm so tired that I can't be consistent with anything, right? And then, so as I started doing this, all my weight started coming off, right? Mm -hmm. Slowly changed my habits. Now I don't eat dairy, sugar, wheat, right? Like nothing, but I didn't just stop all at once. Right. And I have a very healthy diet now. And then I was feeling really connected to myself, feeling very light. And then I looked in the mirror like two weeks ago and I was like, I don't feel like the outside looks like the inside. And I think it's time for me to change my hair. So I look the way that I feel. And it's so funny because like, that's, that's how we want things to happen. Right. And yeah. even with manifestation, we get so focused on, well, if, if, if I get that dream job, then I'm successful. Or if I get this dream partner, it's like, well, how about we build that success up as the way that you actually view yourself from the inside out so that you can show up the way that you need to to have those things. It's not about mm. the external validation that comes with manifesting. It's about building yourself up to the point that that's just who you are. And those are the things that are in your life. Right. Mm. That's so beautiful. That is so – that is the stuff. Well, um, this has just been the most amazing conversation. I, I feel like I've learned more about myself. And um, I'm just curious if you have anything else you'd like to share with us. No, that's that's perfect. Just stay tuned. Lots of, lots of things coming out. And also – be patient with yourself and your process because I know I sound very matter of fact and the way I'm speaking about things and obviously the things that I believe, but it took me my whole life 
honestly, to get to this point. It took me four years of really intense work to get to this point where I'm showing up as I am without insecurities. I'm not trying to put something on to be something that people need me to be. And it was a slow process and allow yourself to live that process and not rush anything because there's no reason that you can't change the things that you want to change. You just have to be realistic about what that looks like mm. and just be open to the process. That's that's my advice. Oh, be open to the process. That is so beautiful. I love that. I love that. Amazing. Well, if anyone is interested in following along um, on your social media or anything else, how can they find you? Yes. Yeah, so um, if you're interested in To Be Magnetic, um, that is tobemagnetic.com. It's amazing. It's only $27 a month and you get a huge variety of workshops within that. Um, if someone is interested in following me, I'm about to release a bunch of new music all around my trauma recovery and all of the work that I've been doing on myself. Um, you can follow me at Atara Valentine everywhere, basically Spotify, Instagram, Facebook. Amazing. Oh, I can't wait for the new music. That's so exciting. Yeah, I'm super pumped. Ah, oh, what aren't you doing? It's so incredible. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here. And I want to say too, that this episode is airing on Atara's birthday. So happy birthday. Yes. Yeah. Forever 21. <laughs> yes. Boop, boop. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so amazing. And I look forward to popping back by in the future. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Because I, I, I just invite wait. myself to things apparently. <laughs> and then people are like, yes, we want you here. <laughs> We need that reflector in our lives. <laughs> it's so good. That's it for today's show. Thank you so, so, so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed. If you have a moment and you're in the Apple Podcast app, please rate and review the show. I could really use all the ratings I can get. And share this episode with a friend that may benefit from it. You never know. And of course, hit subscribe to keep up with new weekly episodes. Until next week, visit sarahcohan.com, that's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com to find other podcast episodes. And you can find Lit AF on Instagram at it's me, Sarah Cohan, and you can also find me on Clubhouse. Thank you again for listening. Please stay lit, Lit AF, and I hope to see you back here next week. Thank you.